0: to another episode of the women's rugby pod i'm johnny hammond and alongside sarah hunter mba captain my captain
1: uh, hello johnny
0: you okay yeah not too bad i mean there's there's no prizes for guessing where you are right now you would have been anywhere in loughborough would you with uh-huh. your with a purple picture uh-huh. behind you yeah. sat on a purple sofa oh,
1: no.
0: look at that you're just you're so on brand aren't you the whole time
1: yeah, I've got this, honestly, there's
0: purple and pink seats from here as well, literally. Unbelievable. Well, you, well if, you, if you cut, you'd be purple, pink and white.
1: Yeah, all, and a bit of red in there. Oh, it's red anyway.
0: Oh, <laughs> It's brilliant. It's a strong start for the England captain. <laughs> there she is, she, she's back. She, you're just so focused on playing, aren't you? Um yeah. And getting back and, and having a great result of the weekend, which of course we will chat about. Um, but first of all, how are you and yourself? I mean, Those of you just listening to, to the podcast, um, one of the first times I've ever seen Sarah Hunter au natural with her hair. and She's got those beautiful ringlets, curls. Yeah, this
1: is natural. Um, wow. Lots of comments today. I feel like Maybe I haven't worn it down as much as um I thought I had, but yeah, um yeah, I've got I've got naturally curly hair that just a little bit of product, let it dry naturally and this is what I end up with.
0: Oh, it's lovely. It's it's almost there's such perfect it's almost like something out of a cartoon or sort of tangled or something like that.
1: So you know when little kids draw curly hair? Yeah. It's like that, isn't
0: it? That's exactly what it's like. I said where where do you get the curly hair from them? They're not curly are they?
1: No, I think my mum might be much younger, wavy. Okay. Or, but, like, my niece has really curly hair, like like me as well. So I think I've given it
0: to her. There you are. So uh, let's move away from the salon chat.
1: Yeah.
0: Because uh, it isn't the, uh, the salon uh, women's podcast, is it? So women's rugby pod. It's a very big week, isn't it? A place in the World Cup final uh, at the end of this weekend, the European Qualifier... Uh, that Scotland got themselves through. Now up against Colombia, of course, who beat Kazakhstan last weekend, eighteen points to Sten, ten. Uh despite playing sixty-five minutes with fourteen players after an early red card in the first half. Colombia scored three tries, unconverted and a penalty to win. Colombia scrum half, emilia Andrea Ramirez, was named the player of the match. So now, can I be a face, Scotland, on Friday in Dubai at 7 o'clock local time? That's 3 o'clock GMT. And, of course, it's streamed on World Rugby website as well. So, yeah, just look that up come Friday afternoon. But, of course, we wanted to get some uh, Scotland thoughts ahead of what is a huge, huge 80 minutes. And why not go straight to the top of the tree with their captain, Dr. Rachel Malcolm. Here's Scotty on the WRP. Well, what an absolute uh, privilege on the Women's Rugby Pod today. It's a big old week for Scotland and therefore let's get the big cheese on. That's what we thought. So, <laughs> Doctor and Captain Rachel Malcolm joined us on the WRP. How are you, Rachel Malcolm? Although apparently it's Scotty most of the time. How are you?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's Scotty too, to it's all my locker teammates. Uh, no, I'm, I'm fab, thank you. Thank you very much for having me back on the podcast.
0: Don't be ridiculous. Are you look, doesn't she look well, centre? Look <laughs> at the Dubai glow there.
1: Yeah, I'm very jealous. Been avoiding all the storms and all the bad weather here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's, we, we've been lucky with it. The weather's been, been pretty kind to us, so it's a bit of a nice change.
0: And when, when, when did you get out there? How have you been filling your time? Have you been camel racing? Have you been down buying some saffron, some gold? Have you been up the uh, Burj Khalif? What, what have you been up to?
2: <laughs> no, So, well, we got out here uh, a week ago on Sunday um, and recovered for a wee bit once we got here. And then it's just been training, really. Um, we're pretty, pretty locked down in terms of COVID restrictions and stuff like that, which is completely understandable. And um, we are fine with that as long as the game goes ahead. So, um, it's been a lot of training. We've got a good social committee and our, our um, team made up of um, Molly Wright, uh, Louise McMillan and Evie Wells. So they keep us pretty entertained. Um, so we've been doing a bit of team stuff with that. And yeah, no, it's, it's been all good. All good here.
0: Come on then. What, what are the team games you've been playing? Didn't you, you used to have a, some sort of teddy in England, didn't you, Centre? that people used to steal or not steal? What, yeah. what are the fun and games that you've been up to then, Rachel, of this social committee?
2: Uh, so they... they...
1: Held a, Here we go. A
2: Valentine's evening for us on Zoom, um, which was all about getting to know our team and <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, and then tonight we've got a, I can't use the word, shirt social, um, a certain type of shirt social uh, where I think we are doing some funny quizzes and stuff like that. Uh, but they're really good. They're, they're like brilliant at it. They're made for the job. So they've been, been doing great all through the season.
0: Go fun because it's a, it's a long time to, to be together. Um, but I guess that can you can you get that feeling in training the, the sharpness and that togetherness and, and the reading, the symbiosis between each of you as time has gone on over the, the last week or so?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, not even just this last week, but this last kind of I guess six months probably we've had more time together as a squad than, than we've ever had before in um, the build-up to the European qualifier in September. We were together for, for loads of camps and loads of time. And obviously getting three test matches in three weeks out there was, was brilliant for us as, in terms of preparing towards this. Um, and yeah, just coming back together all through January. So we were we were together pretty much every weekend in January as well. So it's it definitely feels like it's clicking. Um, we're just dying to get on the pitch to kind of prove it to ourselves and prove it to everyone else as well.
0: Is that one of the biggest challenges is actually... Trying to hold the horse back slightly.
2: Yeah, with this with this game in particular, yeah. it's been obviously um, a big time coming since we played in September and knew that we were in with the shout of, of the World Cup in terms of playing in this final rep but also for me, it's been like six years in the making since my like the last time I played for, in terms of played out for a, a World Cup spot. Some of the girls were involved in the World Cup qualification for that, so that's nine years and it's 12 years since Scotland have been at a World Cup. So it's, in terms of like what it means to us and what it means in terms of like we've talked a lot about the women that have gone before us and been a part of that 12-year cycle since then so like a big motivation that we've talked about for us is playing for those those women that have pulled the shirt on before us so it's kind of trying to keep a lid on each of our individual journeys in that as well so like for me it's kind of full circle because my first cap was the last world cup qualifier so it's it feels massive for, for me from that point of view but everyone's got their own story in that and you know, we're 80 minutes from a World Cup, but ultimately it is only 80 minutes of rugby. So it's kind of how we balance that approach between being, yes, we're, we're so, so close, but equally it's just 80 minutes rugby and we've got to go out and do the job and, and get our processes right. So, yeah, we've used the term kind of keep a lid on it um, as our, our kind of buzz, buzz phrase this last wee while, just while we kind of keep focusing on the details as we work towards it.
0: You talk about um, the huge amount of... Of a time that Scotland haven't been at a World Cup, and as you say, years and years of so this this coming on the journey, but a lady, of course, sadly won't won't be there to finish off this journey. Um, hopefully for you guys, is Shabon Um sadly passed away. Of course, um, she she been spoken about. I I, I presume, um, and it's it's a, it's an obvious question, but how much of motivation is 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 completing the journey for for her as well?
2: Yeah, to be honest, like, she's she's number one in our list in terms of um, our motivations going into this game. Um, like, sorry, <laughs> she's, you know, she was a massive part of our squad for for a long, long time. And we, oh, uh, gosh, sorry. <laughs> I don't we like, never apologise yeah, for emotions. We are so determined to finish the journey that, that she started with us. And we've talked a lot about, obviously it's the first time we've played um since since Siobhan passed and we've talked a lot as a squad in the build-up as to how best we represent her and we take her with us so um we're still kind of there's a few things we're working on over the next week um for the next few days as we work towards the game in terms of how we'll we'll kind of signify that Um, but Siobhan will always be with us Um, that's something we've talked about Um, she'll be with us in metaphorical ways she'll be with us in physical ways as well with with what we'll do as a squad um, but she'll always be with us. And, and like I say, she, she's she been the forefront of, of our emotions. She's been the forefront of our plan, like everything we've talked about and, and our kind of drive to to achieve this goal. Because like I say, she, she started this journey this last few years and, and she's hopefully going to finish it with us as well.
0: I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. Um, yeah, incredible emotion there, uh, understandably, and yeah, what, what a motivation. So your your opposition. Let's let's come to to you, Sunter. Uh Colombia against Kazakhstan. Yeah, anybody saw Colombia coming through, did they? What did you make of uh, the South American Sunter?
1: Yeah, um, so we actually watched a little bit on the way down to our game last Saturday, down to Northampton, and I guess not really understanding a great deal too much about Colombia. Um, but knowing Kazakhstan had previously been at uh, a World Cup that oh, sort of bit flippantly was like, Oh, I think Kazakhstan will win, turned on and they were losing the game and then went Columbia obviously went on to, to win. So I think it, it shows that this nation is coming up um and developing all all the time. And um they were also down to down to fourteen players, and I think they played the majority of the game of fourteen players as well. So it does show that while they might not be a regular test team in the, the 15s world, that obviously they, they've got a lot about them as a sort of individual's ca- uh, mindset and characters and wanting to play for each other and to, to see out and win a, win a World Cup qualifying first part of a game to, to get to the, the main event, which I think um, takes a lot from, from a team. But uh, yeah, it was, it was certainly an interesting game to watch.
0: They're, they're unbeaten, Mitch Malcolm. Markham. Their test history. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure on you guys then. But no, in all seriousness, what 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 did you make of them? Because no doubt there's uh, you, you watched it and been plenty of analysis over the last few days.
2: Yeah, well, they obviously um, they played Spain as well the week before, so we've had a fair bit now of, of footage between that game and, and the Kazakhstan games to to see what they're about and like like Suns talked about, like they're they're full of heart, like that's something we kind of hold as our super strength so to see a team who's equally kind of passionate and, and full of full of that characteristics is something so we'll fear that a little bit um because we know it can be quite a strong I guess a strong bond uh between teams to have that and for them to achieve what, what they did with like Sunset with 14 players for 65 minutes of the game against a team ranked more than 10 world ranking places above them is 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 really impressive and they're a team who are getting better every game they play. Um so in terms of what we saw, I think just like a really physical team, both against Spain and, and against Kazakhstan, they showed a huge amount of physicality and defence. Um, you know, some of the the hits they were putting in were were really impressive and um that's something we'll particularly in the kind of first twenty, they looked really strong to to start with in both those games. So I think that's that's something we've talked about is how we start the game. Um um, and look to to try and see out that storm, and, and hopefully, kind of then, kind of go into control mode, and, and look to play our rugby.
0: So, is is that is that basically what's on the whiteboard this week? Is stick to our processes, stick to our game, don't get caught up in 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 their emotion um, and their unpredictability. Is is stick to the patterns and processes. Is it really yeah. that boring? Come on, give us something. It is more. that boring? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, it's, it's. I think as well, like. We obviously didn't know who we were playing up until a couple of days ago, so in the build-up, the focus has always been like on us and, and our processes, and we've just stuck to that. And um, It's something that we've always kind of had as, as an approach to games. We've always tried to prioritise the focus on us and um, you know have less of a focus on our opposition and, and keep to our, our processes and what we want to do and how we want to play. Um, so, yeah, no, it is as boring as that and as simple as that. We, we we're we happy with how we're playing and how we're progressing as a team. Um, so it's it's not about kind of doing something mad and, and changing everything because we're playing a slightly different type of opposition than what we're used to because they do play a slightly different style of attack than, than what we're used to as well. But, um, you know, we've just focused on ourselves and keep pushing forward as a team and hoping we, we put in a good performance um, on Friday.
0: So if you're sticking to all those kind of processes, one thing that is... Probably different for you is you are huge favourites. Um, I've not been to the bookies yet, um, but I don't have a spare pound this week. It's half term; they've all been gobbled <laughs> up. Um, but you are you would be huge favourites. Um, yeah. How's that sitting with you guys again? Is it something you've sort of spoken about, met head on, or just you know, it's it, it's it's another game?
2: Yeah, um, we've talked about it. Um, like you say, it's not a, a, something you usually associate with Scotland in any sporting <laughs> I tried to say that in a
0: respectfully nice way.
2: I can say it, but you can't say that. So uh, No, it is it's it is something that we, we're not necessarily used to, but I think like the biggest thing that we have focused on is, obviously, we went out to Italy in fourth seed, and if you listen to anyone who wanted to talk about that, that competition before we went there, they'd written us off before we got there. So to come out of that competition qualifying for this one, I don't think many people saw us doing it. Um, so, you know, we can't look at what their world ranking is or, you know, their, I mean, their previous form is that they they are unbeaten. So like you say, so we are not focusing on the fact that we're favourites and we have prepared exactly the same as we would for, for any other game and, and approaching it the same way we would do. So we, we have talked about it but almost to push it aside and say it's completely irrelevant because we've proved that um, proved that before. Um, and we've been that team that, that people write off and we know that it just adds fuel to a fire. So we are absolutely showing them as much respect as we show England and, and France and, and some of the top teams in the world. And, um, yeah, that, so, yeah, it doesn't really change our approach.
0: So it's, it's, a, it's a one-off 80 minutes, 80 minutes of ruggers and you're in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, Obviously, that's pressure. If we flip that to say a, a World Cup final, which you've been in a couple, haven't you? Um, it, it's down to down to eighty minutes. Is the approach very different?
1: No, I think um, it, they're one-off games, aren't they? Like, and I think Scotty was exactly right. You, you, you prepare because it's it's a World Cup qualification and it's eighty minutes from. Um, being in a World Cup, or it's 80 minutes from winning a World Cup final, but it's just another 80 minutes. I think it's getting that balance right from preparing for the occasion and giving that occasion the respect it probably deserves, and also to get people in their mental space ready to play that, but also not putting so much emphasis on it. People like maybe go like out of their comfort shell and start to go off-piece and don't stick to how they want to play and how they focus and how they prepare because at the end of the day again it's still it's still eight minutes rugby which everyone does week in week out so it's getting that fine balance between the occasion and and the game itself and playing what's in front of you and sticking to your processes sticking to your plan so it's for me I don't it's it's those one-offs like real cup moment occasions that I think whether it's World Cup qualification on the line or World Cup final? They're, they're
0: very similar in nature of the preparation for them. It's all very well getting two of the Six Nations captains on, but you do get the most perfect media handbook answers.
1: <laughs> 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 Just being honest, Johnny. Yeah.
0: No, no, absolutely no. I, I, I you, you both are, are far more honest than uh, than than possibly your media managers would, would like you to be. Uh, but hopefully this is a space where you feel you, you can be like that. So what, just a last couple of things then, uh, Rachel, Scotty. Um, outside of sticking to your processes, what what's the particular parts of the game do you, do you have to get right? Is it the nuts and the bolts? is it say, well, let's... Let's just get out after the uh, set piece. Let's just completely blow them away. Let's have that blitz line. What, what are the key... What Give us two key little tactical things that you have to get right.
2: Uh, so, yeah, set pieces, you touched on it, but for us, I think our set piece is something which is going from strength to strength yeah, um, and has been, from an attacking point of view, like a really strong platform for us, particularly... Um, in the previous qualification tournament so that's something we've talked about massively in terms of our set piece and um, on that just we also were like the best disciplined team um, out in the the European qualifier which therefore gave us opportunities to not be defending um, other teams set piece so trying to be disciplined and and kind of just stick to those processes that we're we're really good at. Um, In terms of what we want to do from an attack point of view is it sounds kind of counterproductive but be really safe in terms of our decision making because the way Columbia like to play is they like to play off scraps they like to play off turnover so um, we've made a big focus on you know no 50 50s in terms of our attack and sticking to those boring processes that I've talked about a lot but just sticking to the simple things and, and nailing our accuracy in terms of just like our carries and our breakdown is going to be fundamental to, to us being able to attack but also to stopping them attacking because those little kind of knock-ons and bits and bobs like that are exactly what they want to play off. Um, and also like they like watching them play at the weekend. Um, they love to just go quickly off of any kind of penalty and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just don't give it to them, basically. So yeah, th- those are probably the two key ones that, that we'll be looking to to take into the game.
0: Awesome, I can't wait. I bet excitement levels are are getting to, to fever pitch. You say a, a long build-out. You've been out there for, for a while, which I guess it has massive massive pluses, but on that side of, of being eager, I guess it's a, possibly a, a, a slight negative. What's What's the plan for the... You've got a day off today, which is why you've yeah. been kind enough to, to join us. Uh, what's the plan for the rest of the day?
2: Uh, so, social tonight um, with our, the team um, just to switch off a little bit and then tomorrow we've got captain's run um and then the afternoon off so pretty chill day um again and then friday will just be building towards the game we'll probably have a pretty chilled out morning just because what sort of it's like when you've got a seven o'clock kick off the day just seems to last forever and ever um so we'll probably try and lie in and kill some of some of that time off um and then yeah we'll have walk meetings etc and then just build towards the
1: game on friday night
0: marvellous and you won't need too much stunt cream because it's an evening kickoff so that's a, that's right, a bonus. I've, got one,
1: I've got one question um how, uh, how did your um heat acclimatization pre going to dubai pan out so just to give some context it, like for weeks before like obviously Rachel specialist area but like the girls would come to training and they'd have about ten layers on, and it wouldn't make you pick you There'd be particularly cold. there would be thermals, jumpers, waterproofs, hats, and I'm like, "Are you not going to be hot?" They're like, "Oh, we're, we're prepping for Dubai," so I was just wondering how it's like worked out for you. To be fair,
2: actually, we felt pretty good.
1: Um, yeah.
2: So, like as well, like um, the up in Scotland, the girls were using hot saunas three times a week, and down, um, I was using our heat chamber at work as well. So. Compared to how we felt in Italy when I actually thought I could see like the world end <laughs> um, <laughs> when we played that first game in Italy in like 35 degrees, this has been a lot lot better. So yeah, heat acclimation's gone well. Hopefully, like you say, when we play the actual game, it won't be too hot. But the training, like we've trained in high 20s and stuff like that this week, and and it's felt okay. So yeah, thanks. It's it's probably worth it. <laughs> yeah.
1: You've got a shock to the system when you come
2: back. <laughs> I know, I'm, like I'm actually more scared about that transition
1: though
0: than, than the other one. Yeah, well, if, you, if your preparation to go to Dubai has been uh, avoiding horrible stormy weather, uh, you've got 10 out of 10. Hopefully, uh, as, as British rugby fans, we hope it goes uh, incredibly well on Saturday for you, um Siobhan and, and and the rest of the rest of the squad, um, yeah, all fingers crossed, and yeah, really do hope that uh, you give a, a really good account of yourselves. Thanks so much for joining Thank us today. Part. Really, yeah, really appreciate it. And you. good luck at the weekend.
1: Cheers. Thank we you. Know you got enjoy your day off. Thanks. See you guys later. Thanks, there. Rachel. What's just what is it about you?
0: International captains, you just. You're great players. You're great speakers. You're pleasant to be around. What, I mean, what is it? Is it something? Perhaps it's something in the water in Loughborough. Yeah,
1: oh, she's brilliant. God. Isn't she? I'm so good. She's such a good leader. Like, really good. Yeah. So oh,
0: good. I did. I have not, not met her before. I did a did a commentary with her uh, when she uh, was, Scotland uh, Yeah, Scotland was. Wales was it? Yeah, Arsenal, was it? Really good. And she, obviously, yeah. With commentary, you, you try to get to, to know and build up a bit of a rapport because that's reasonably important, um, or certainly <laughs> used to be. Um, and she's just a lovely, lovely human being. Yeah. Just a lovely human being.
1: There she is.
0: She's a good egg. Um, Only she, she she found it a, a little difficult there at the moment, but um, they don't need any further motivation, do they, than a... A World Cup place at grabs, and also doing it for you know quite clearly a, a very close friend who's 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 passed away and was such an integral part of the group. This the motivation was was very raw and, and for their there for, for all to see.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, it was so hard. Like when it when obviously it broke here, we've got a lot of Scottish girls, and then we had we played Gloucester on that day, and like they're just the raw emotion after like of. I've, not even the win, I think people saw it as like, we weren't like the comment, I was like, nah it's all to do with the fact they've just lost like a teammate, a friend and they've just put everything into this week to get through and it's just all come out after the final whistle like it yeah. just, yeah, it's really really moving moment actually.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly was um, yeah, it, it hit home didn't it, uh, just just how kind of insignificant sport really is, and um, but if it's a, a, in the mix, it can be a, an incredible motivator. I, I just, just, just two questions further on from from Scotland. One will be um, what your prediction is. Um, number two um, is I just just think Bill. Scotland are really building, aren't they? From. Um, when uh, the last coach was there, oh my God, my, my goose was goose was involved. We know how, how good he is, and just now Brian Easton has taken over, and you've got the likes of Jade Conkle, uh Chloe Rowley, you obviously you know fabulous players on, on the field. But it's a, it's a settled bunch now, and if you're you're being spearheaded by Rachel Malcolm, you, you're quite clearly going to go in the right direction. Oh
1: yeah, Dave. If you look at the, the players on paper, like their their absolute quality and like I think majority of them now are all playing in premier 15s as well. So actually that they're now getting exposure, the game time, the experience that maybe they didn't have when they were up playing and training in, in Scotland. So I think that has really like helped them move on. But it was only a matter of time before they started to gel together so that they weren't individual players. They're now like this team unit. And I think they're under great Guidance and um, from from their coaches, and I think you've he, he, you've really seen that. Like Rachel said, obviously they were seeded fourth going into those qualifications in the autumn, and no one no one apart from themselves and probably um, those that know them um, thought they could get out of. Ah, I'm one of them as well, Johnny. Um, yeah. Honestly, all the Loughborough, Loughborough lot were. As, as you would do anyway, but you know, when you just you know more about what's going on anyway, so um, had that belief that they were going to get out there. So I think they've they've got this like slow burning team that's now all of a sudden igniting. And um, I have I, I can't see it going any other way than, than Scotland on Friday. And I think if there's any team that deserves it for how they've like grown and developed over time like it, it's certainly scotland you you heard about their their last 12 years of their journey like this would be the perfect fit in for that for them to to get on that plane to new zealand
0: yeah and as rachel spoke about that doing it for all those past players that have, have tried and knocked on the door and, and and it's been closed to to get to a world cup after a 12 year hiatus would uh would be fantastic and someone like um Rachel Malcolm thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. So you, uh, there's your prediction. Going uh, you to give me a scoreline. Oh, doesn't matter, does it? It
1: doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Games like that, it's gone by one. It doesn't matter how people play or what happens. It is just getting that win to get them on that plane.
0: Um, yeah, could agree more. Could not agree more. Um, so there is Rachel Malcolm. Let's move to some of the other international news that uh, has been breaking this week. Young Sarah Hunter. Super Alpiki tournament condensed and shifted to Talpo. You ever been to Lake Talpo? Never. Oh, you want to go? I Get a camper van with a fella, do a little trip down there, stop. There's a campsite right on the lake. Oh, most unbelievable sunset with the moon, the lake, shadows, reflections. Unbelievable. Anyway, so, yeah, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, what well, we're hoping this Super Rugby to sort of really, really flourish and what have you uh, due to, obviously, the COVID world we're looking in. Um, I guess from an England point of view, that, that kind of – helps, doesn't it, really, the fact they're having a little bit less rugby. Basically, the inaugural season of the women's Super Rugby Alpigui has been shortened to a 16-day affair. I'm sure you know all this anyway, Sunter, but I'll go through it anyway. With all the matches being staged in Taupo and Hamilton, New Zealand Rugby announced to relocate all four Super Rugby Piggy squads to Taupo to ensure the competition could go ahead under the threat of COVID, of course. Originally to be played over four weekends, the competition will start on Saturday, March the 5th, but now with the final schedule for Sunday, the 20th of March, both of those days games, both days games will be played at Owen Delaney Park. Owen oh, Delaney Park, I should say, or the two rounds of the evening midweek matches will be staged at FMG Stadium in Waikato. Love the place. Great stadium that is. Um, Here yeah, you've got the Hurricanes, the Blues, obviously the Chiefs, Samanahua and Matua in there as well it's it's uh they need that rugby over there don't they if they they are going to challenge you at all
1: yeah i think it, it, everyone wants to play domestic club rugby you you can't go from like game to game just playing international rugby and i think um it's something that they've been crying out for like a competition like this and it, it sounds pretty exciting obviously they're attached to super rugby franchises and it seems like there's big investment going into that um you've obviously got the seven stars in and around it as well so that's that'll obviously increase the 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 level of competition played so so yeah it, i'm sure from all areas of the world people will be keeping a close eye on to see what's going on and how things are progressing uh down there ahead of the, the big cup competition in the autumn
0: do you do you like have a little leadership whatsapp group like yourself or Middleton? Uh, possibly the, the bronze statue scars, people like that. Um, I don't know whether she can use WhatsApp being a bronze cast now. but um, And, and do, do you say, oh, have you seen what's going down down in New Zealand? Oh, they've got a new fitness coach. Oh, look, they've got new contracts. Oh, they've got that are condensed out picky.
1: No, I think, um, I mean, we do have a leadership group. We don't necessarily talk about those. It's, of not then, no. it's not general
0: chit chat, then, though.
1: No, it's generally not general chit chat. Um, it's more rugby specific but those conversations do happen like like in passing or when you have another conversation so it people stay on regular top of it usually Poppy is the one informing everyone because she is literally buying up to date with everything going on rugby wise in the whole world like if anything happens I can guarantee Poppy Clear will know about it and will probably inform everyone of of it. So she like keeps us up to date with what's going on all around the world. Um so yeah, but he, and I'm sure the same goes on like down in New Zealand about what's going on here, what's going on in France. Like it's just you need to stay current, you need to stay on top of um, what your competitors are doing or where they're moving to or what competitions they're playing in, etc, etc.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. so all the news international news from us. Let's now get a roundup up for all over the rest of the globe. From to lazy. here's Nadi's News. I'm
3: Donna Kennedy, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Thank you so much, Johnny. Great to be back for another exciting week of the pod. We do start off with the USA Falcons 15, who will take on Wales in an exhibition match featuring UK based pool players. And it will take place on the 12th of March, 2022 at the Parky Scarlet Stadium in Wales. The fixture offers the opportunity for a warm-up game for Wales ahead of the TikTok Women's Six Nations and for Rob Kane to assist USA players currently overseas ahead of the World Cup. Currently, there are 23 USA players in the Premier 15s. England Under-18 Red Roses faced Scotland Under-18s last week, with England coming away with a commanding win, winning 64-0. In similar news, Italy marked a historic debut with a first-ever international appearance by an Under-18 side. They played a French Regional 15 with a final score of 47, and they prepare now for an Under-18 Six Nations festival at Easter. The Netherlands didn't manage to get any points on the scoreboard against Spain, and it was Spain that walked away with a 69-0 victory in the first round of the European Championship. Spain came away with an authoritative win against the Netherlands, and Spain ran in a total of 11 tries and 7 conversions to take a maximum 5 points in the championship standings. Spain will take on Russia in the next round of the championship this weekend in Madrid at 4pm local time. Next, we look over to France and in Elite One on Day 11 the results were... Looking at Pool A, Stad Toulisier thumped Lance 50-0, while Stad Rene didn't manage to get any points on the scoreboard against ASM Rugbenau, and that ended in a 22-0 victory for ASM Rugbenau. Stad Francais lost at home against AC Pobagny, losing 49-3, with FC Grenoble on bye. Looking over in Pool 2, Montpellier won 25-22 against Stade Borde, with ESPN is not managing to get any points on the scoreboard against Blackneck Rugby. And Blackneck Rugby won 25-0, while Lille lost at home against Chili Mazarin, losing 20-14, and Lyon was on a bye. Stade Toulousier tops Pool A on 43 points, with ASM Rook second, second, and in Pool B, Stade Borde is in 1st with 43 points, with Montpellier close behind on 2nd with 39 points. This weekend on day 12, Lons will take on Stade René and ASM Rupbonar will go head to head against Grenoble, while AC Bobogny will face Stade Toulisier with Stade Francais on a bye. Looking over in pool 2, Stade Borde will take on AS Benes, with Blackneck Rugby taking on Lille and Chili Mazarin will take on Montpellier, and Lille will be on a bye. Moving over to Ireland in round 13 of the NHL Ireland League and in the top 4, Blackrock College won at home against Railway Union, winning 39 7. Old Bavadier also getting in a victory against UI Bohemian, winning 22-12. In the conference, Galvegians won against Melancholic winning 55, with Malone losing at home against Cook, losing 31-3, with Wilclo also getting a loss against Deutonians, who lost 20-15. This weekend is finals week for the Energia all ireland League. In the final, Blackrock College will go head-to-head against Railway Union, and in the conference finals, Teutonians will face Gulf regions. And in the third and fourth place playoff, UI Bohemian will take on Old Bavaria. All matches kick off at Indigia Park on Saturday. And we have a reaction to the final on next week's pod, so do stay tuned. Finally in the English Championship, Storm Eunice caused cancellation of matches particularly in the North and in the Northern Championship all matches were postponed except for the Cheltenham vs Harrogate game and it was Cheltenham that walked away with a 69-10 victory against Harrogate. And in the South Buckingham Swans vs Thurrock was postponed except for the Henley vs Bath game and Bath walked away with a 22-0 victory with Reading Abbey also not getting any points on the scoreboard against Old Albanians. Who won 43-0 and Richmond FC getting a massive 69-0 victory against Supermarine? Hove lose at home against Blackheath, losing 36-10. This weekend in Round 16 of the North, in the North rather, Barnsley will take on Castrians, Firwood Waterloo will go head-to-head against Lichfield, Harrogate will take on Loughborough Town, Sefton will take on Kenilworth, West Park Leeds will go head-to-head against Cheltenham. Looking over at the South, Reading Abbey will take on Buckingham Swans, Bath will take on Hove. Blackheath will take on Tharuk, Old Albanians will take on Richmond FC, and Supermarine will go head-to-head against Headley. That's it from me. Catch you next week.
1: I'm Lisa Burgess, and you're listening
0: to Women's Rugby Pod. Nanny! Thank you very much indeed for bringing us all up to date. It's a big old final in Ireland, isn't it, uh, at the weekend, their the, the club final, wish uh, both teams huge amounts of luck, Blackrock College and Railway Union. And we will get some reaction to that final next week on the podcast, depending on who wins. That's bad, isn't it? We will speak to the winners rather than the, the losers. Sarah Hunter, it was a big old week for Loughborough, wasn't it? And your fairly new partnership with Northampton Saints and your first ever game as Loughborough Lightning at Franklin's Gardens. How was it for you?
1: Oh, outside was, of the result, outside like, it was it was just a great occasion. Um, like you say, it was our our first game as our partnership down there. We actually spent um, well, actually, they had a girls' camp because it was their half term. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, so a few players had been weak, um, Skaz and I had gone down on the Wednesday and spent time down there on Wednesday at the girls' camp, some coaching, which was just great to see. They had like over 70 girls, and bear in mind the conditions were horrendous. They had people from 13 up to 18, and it, it, was, just, it was just great to see what um, Northampton were doing in the local area to develop the game at that age. So the, the week started off pretty well, and then we were down there on Thursday as a team to do all our all our training down there. So we did our weights, we did our skills, we did our team run on the pitch. So it just felt like a great way to start preparations for obviously um, the match itself. And then um, to have a double header as well to hopefully get some of the crowd stay behind and showcase what um, the women's game is about for those people that maybe hadn't seen it. Um, And then you throw the match into it, which I don't think anyone could have predicted would happen the way it happened. So um, it it was obviously a great day for us because we ended up winning as well. But to play at Franklin's Gardens, it's just like an amazing pitch to play on. It's just like in immaculate condition. I mean, it's big, which, and it's pretty like, uh, hard to run on but yeah it was um, it, it, it it did it probably helped us in terms of going from an artificial pitch to a pitch of that quality was was good Um I mean I don't think Loughborough necessarily played our best rugby uh, as we I think we defended for about 60 minutes of the game and I thought Exeter played well but um, sometimes you've just got to find a way to win and um and we we managed to do that somehow on Saturday um and I think it just shows you the journey that we've been on as a as a team and actually the the heart and belief that we had even going behind by eleven points that we could could find a way to win um and we we just needed to put ourselves in better areas more often because I think we had about five opportunities to score. We scored four of them. But we just didn't have enough of them earlier on to make it a little bit easier to to handle, really.
0: And a young lady uh, in the back row alongside had a bit of a, a standout performance, didn't she?
1: Yeah, Sardia is just this little firecracker of a player. Like, I think, I mean, I don't think I think people that know last season that she played well, but she's kind of since getting cap coming coming to her her own like she played really well at wasp last year and i think she's just gone on um and improves game on game and obviously got capped in the the autumn um and then is after that performance is very much on everyone's radar because she just she does everything she she tackles she runs hard she's over the ball at breakdown she like does her job at like line out time like do you know what I mean? Like so she, she's just an all-round like player, but the strength and power that she has. I mean, you look at her, her last try, the line she took, but she still has so much work to do to finish to, to get that well, try. Well, she's um, carrying
0: people over the line.
1: Yeah, like ridiculous, and, and she's not like a huge person, but no. she's so powerful, so powerful.
0: So yeah, it was two, two tries within six minutes, seventy-third and seventy-ninth minute for her. Uh, Sadia Kabir, um, an outstanding performance from. are leading to the twenty eight twenty five victory. The other thing I was just going to ask before we, we we move on, can you can you see that how that relationship's going to move forward now, with Northampton Saints? I know you're asking for the the inner workings and the details of it, but can you see how because it, it it's got to work. For Love for Lightning more than it's got to work for Northampton Saints. That's where the focus should be. Do you understand what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think um again, I think it's starting to unfold in terms of how we want to want to to work and plan and there was definitely questions about asking about whether we want to go back and play and have to try to find more games down there. And obviously we we did a bit of planning down there. So I think it's certainly gonna unfold as time time goes on. I think it it's still really early doors to see how that works i know there's ideas being like floated around about what we do and how we move forward and they're really positive and they really are about how it doesn't just work for us it works for them and they they couldn't be more welcoming and like trying to make us feel part of northampton down there The, the the conversations that we we've had initially before like, the game, but everything that we did, like, during the week, in the run-up to the game, at the game, it was, it's, it was, it just felt like we fit in, and it wasn't like, oh, God, they're coming to run on that pitch, or they're coming to that what they're going to do, like, they're going to mess it up, or, oh, it's a hassle. Everything was like, they want us there, they want to have a women's team, they want to uh, promote the game, um, and he felt that not just from, obviously, Northampton and the, the staff there, but the fans as well um, cool. and the fans that stayed around afterwards they they had like Northampton jackets or scarves or like shirts or hats on so they're obviously Northampton fans and a lot of them are saying that they've wanted a women's team for so long or they hadn't seen much women's rugby and they really enjoyed it and wanted to stay and want to come again and watch more of our, our games so I think there's a real um, appetite to, to have us and be part of, of their like, wider Northampton Saints family, which I think for us at the beginning of a partnership is really important because we, we feel wanted and we feel included.
0: Pity the man who's got to recover all your sofas. It's um, <laughs> a green, black and yellow, rather purple and, uh, and pink. That's four in a row now, a bit of a roll. At the right time of the season, I know, um, Mr. Edwards. That's like the, that's the you know always been a focus, isn't it? You don't need to be number one come Christmas. You just need to be in the top four come the playoffs. Um, and you what you've in there, you've been Wasps and Exeter, so two teams you know, striving for that 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 top four. Do do, do you feel a sense of um, being on a roll? You mentioned Amy Scout there, you know, when she's not been covered in bronze um, and casting, she she close to getting back as well.
1: Um, hopefully, you know, I think like whilst she's returning, she's she's been in and around the programme and like she's obviously now starting to join in more training and I think that helps and I think just the, the experience that she's sharing with the, the backs especially and helping them and I think that that's played a massive part. And I think there is a sense of, of this journey that we're going on and and like the after Exeter, like you could just see by how everyone responded when the whistle went that actually like where we are as a squad and I think that more importantly before that that belief like they scored um their final try and we we were still down to 14 players and like you made everyone got in tight and it was like look we've still got the ability we've got the we have to believe in ourselves and what we can do and I think for me that was the biggest thing to say actually like all the the difficult start we had and about questioning about where we are as a squad, like where that moment in the game that took us to, to get the victory we needed to and then the reaction afterwards. But then the chat in the circle wasn't just like, oh, well, that's great about that game. It's about where we want to put ourselves and where we want to get to. And like, ultimately, that's that top four position and, We know we haven't made it easy for ourselves because I think we've got to pretty pretty much win every game along the way, and depending on what else happens. But I think we're giving ourselves the best shot. And like again, we've got another tough game on Saturday against Gloucester Hartbury, who also still have aspirations to make it into that top four. So, and then we go away to Bristol. So, um. And we've got Worcester away and then we've got Quinn. So we've, we've got a really tough run in. But there's certainly the belief within the squad at the minute about that, that journey that we're on to, to try and get there. And we'll give it our best shot.
0: Will you be battle-hardened should you get we to will the playoffs?
1: We'll be battle-hardened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at the, uh, the other results for the weekend. Um, Harlequins spouts back 40 points to eight uh, over Sale Sharks. Fairly expected result, that one.
1: Yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe like, maybe expect a little bit tighter. Obviously, yeah. sales uh, are definitely growing each week and competitive. But yeah, um, I think Quinns at home are pretty formidable and they had a pretty strong squad out. So I think it probably went the way most people thought it would go. Um, so yeah, they're obviously back to winning ways which for us is uh, not so great.
0: <laughs> Indeed so. What was formidable was the uh, the patience of people watching the Wasps versus Bristol game. 7-5 Bristol won. All points scored in the first half. Knew it was going to be tight and a ding-dong, ding-dong battle, but they probably didn't expect it to be quite so low scoring. But that's hell of a win for Bristol on the road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, from the looks of it, I, we were obviously... Um, Prepping for our game, but uh, I think the conditions certainly had a, a big part to play in um, the outcome of, of that game. But um, I think again, Wasps is a really difficult place to, to go and play. Um, so for Bristol to, to come away with, with the win, they've got to got to be happy with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, conditions weren't good, which is why the Saracens Gloucester heartbreak game was uh, postponed. Uh, they are having a, a look into that, but I think it's one of those. The StoneX Stadium was 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 damaged, uh, and obviously player and, and spectator safety comes first. So we'll wait to see when that one is is rearranged. Yeah, the other game was Worcester Warriors fifty seven DMP Durham Sharks seventeen that's a good run out for for Worcester again, uh when we, we all expected it.
1: Yeah, it was, but I think um at one point I think there's only a couple of points in the game, which obviously su- suggests to me, having not um watched it, is um MP becoming more competitive. Like the fact that they um have scored several tries, I think it is again a positive uh, movement forward for them. So uh again you would have suggested that Worcester would have won the game, but actually, the fact that um, DMP have got probably more points than I think maybe all season, I think, is so, uh, a step in the right direction for them.
0: I agree. Yeah, look up uh, seventy points is, is is good for them. So that means uh, the table is as such. Saris has continue leading the way, of course, without that uh, that game in hand, fifty-seven points. Um, Bristol, 54, having played 14. Quinn's played 14 as well. They're on 50. Uh, Exeter, uh, of course, having played 14, 46 points. Loughborough Lightning, uh, 41 points. down at 6 of 40 points. Gloucester aren't out of it, are they? 35 points, having played 13. It is, It is super tight, super competitive. Exactly what we want in those top seven places. Uh it's absolutely brilliant. This weekend. Let's have some predictions and whatever thoughts you, you fancy giving us, Sarah Hunter, Emily. Uh, on the games. Bristol Bears against Saracens.
1: Oof Oh Oof. Oof. Ah This is my worst bet, Johnny. Uh I think Bristol might sneak it at home, aren't
0: they? Really? Yeah. Bristol a home?
1: Yeah. Why? Um, Bristol's a difficult place to go, and I think Bristol will feel that they owe them one from when they went there.
0: Okay, Southampton's not champing at the bit, having been away last week, getting stuck not- in. Yeah. Just to be controversial, I'm going to, I'm going to go Saracens. Cause
1: I think it'll be close. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a great game.
0: I'll get another
1: 5-7. <laughs>
0: <laughs> DMP. So you're going Bristol. I'm going to go Saris. DMP Sharks, it's Harlequins. Uh,
1: Harlequins. Think, yeah, Harlequins.
0: We both would settle on that. Extra Worcester Warriors.
1: I think the way extra played last week, uh, I I think it'll
0: be extra they're at home as well. And Sandy Park's like a tough place. They're going to go extra. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They, they're going to do something. at some. They're going to beat one of the really big teams, Worcester, at some point. I'm, I'm absolutely it's sure. They beat
1: us at the start of the year. What's that? They beat us at the start of the year.
0: Yeah, but you're in a very... Yeah, I said one of the big teams. No. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're not in person. You know I didn't mean that, you're yeah. perennial bridesmaid, uh, semi Um But no, you're, you're, in a, you're in a tough old place at the beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, they, they're going to have a, a say on, on that top four. Uh, anyway, uh, we move on. We voted said extra. Loughborough Lightning against Gloucester-Hartbury. Uh, I can only
1: go one on. Like, I can't...
0: <laughs> oh, Gloucester-Hartbury. Oh, what well up? Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm just writing on the, on the computer here. You're going for Gloucester-Hartbury. JH going for Loughborough Lightning. That's not how <laughs> many people would expect it, but no, we're both going to go Loughborough. Lightning, I just think you've got the bit between your your teeth and sail against Wasps. Um, well, Simple, as it? Gloucester have to win to yeah, stay in is. the fight, and Wasps not quite so desperately, but yeah, you know, they're in six at the minute. They win with five points, they're still only maximum. Yes, yeah, still probably won't even. Well, they wouldn't be in the top four anyway, so. um, yeah, was have got to win as well. Can you see them beating, beating Sale? Oh,
1: this, I don't know. Do they have their sevens players?
0: Uh, Meg Jones was back last weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, she was. I don't know if they're available this week.
0: Oh, oh, because they're back in training, aren't they? Yeah,
1: but I don't know. So I don't. I don't know enough to know whether they get released or not. Um, that, that
0: I don't know. Ugh. I'm going to have to press you. Do you want to phone a friend?
1: <laughs> I can phone me. Abby Brown. <laughs>
0: Abby. You... You're in camp this week. Meg, um, are you... Meg, uh... George,
1: are you in camp? Uh, you're playing on Saturday. Uh, they're actually... I think they're probably out on the pitch right now. They're training here at Loughborough. Oh, yeah. Um, no, seriously. Um, do, do, do,
0: do. You're going to go Wasps? Yeah. I'm going to hold judgment till the teams are out. So... <laughs> uh, no, no I, that would be very, very unfair and unjust. So I will go... T- oh. Again it's another one of those, isn't it? That's really boring, we've got exactly the same predictions. Oh
1: No, I went Bristol, you went
0: Sarres. Oh, you're quite right. You're quite right. We've got that one difference. Okay, we'll, we'll stick with the one difference then I'll go WAS as well. Uh but I should be most annoyed if Sale win out. Um I won't be annoyed, I'd be very pleased, to Cage Daly McLean. maybe. That's about it for this week's pod, young Sarah Hunter. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, we do just have a, a couple of little things to finish up with. You've got a shout out, haven't you? And boys, if this isn't going to get people running to this club, a shout out from the England captain. I don't know what will.
1: So we've got a shout out to Haver Westford, ladies seniors who are in need of some more players to keep their club alive. Um, And the club has a great legacy with players like Jazz Joyce and Lisa Newman having represented before. So if that's no incentive to go along, then I don't know what is. You could become the next Jazz Joyce or Lisa Newman and be pulling on that red shit for Wales.
0: So get down there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And
0: the other thing we just wanted to touch on was a, a bit of social media from a, D- a Dorset and Wilts referees Twitter handle, just about respect towards referees, and it kind of involved a, a referee who I know um, sort of we, we've been in touch with, and, uh, and I don't know you you know her as well, Fiona Blunt, isn't it? Um, who is a referee saying that you know she she gets sort of questioned whether verbally during the game, quite loud, people coming up to her in the, in the bar, having a little discussion about her, you know her decisions and what have you. Let's make this very, very clear, people. Uh, and I'll say it to myself as well as a, a as a coach on a, on a Sunday morning. Uh, and I, you know, I should probably rein in my behaviour as well. But if we don't have referees, we don't have a game. It's, it, it's, it, it's, it really is as simple as that. And if people don't want a referee because they're getting abused or whatever or, you know, being criticised constantly, and it's not big shouting matches or screwing up to referees. It's just a constant drip of, you know, Someone who's a volunteer, probably like you as a coach on most Sunday mornings or whatever, if we don't have those people willing to volunteer their services to be referees, we simply don't have a game. So zip it, lock it, pop it in your pocket. And as Fiona quite rightly says, and I shall quote from her Twitter account, please come and talk to me calmly in the bar. This is not the sort of behaviour that makes me a better ref. It just makes others feel they don't want to do it as well, mainly... I'm not on the telly or paid. I'm just volunteering because I love rugby like you. Hashtag be kind. Hashtag no ref, no game. Damn right, Fiona. Absolutely. So just be mindful. You would agree, would you not?
1: hundred percent. I mean, I wouldn't want to be out there refereeing and having to make the decisions they have to in a split second. It's not like... When we're an armchair fan watching it, and we have endless um, replays of an incident, um, they're doing something to help the game go ahead and help the game that we all love to play happen. And like you say, without them, there would be no game. So, absolutely respect them as much as you respect any of the players any of the coaches because we need to keep referees in the game and more importantly we need more to come into the game
0: indeed we do well there's a strong message to finish the pod on just to say all the very best of luck to scotland and to columbia and the best of luck to all those teams playing in the energy all-Ireland Finals The big one Blackrock College Against Railway Union uh, It's has been televised As well Brilliant uh, that, that is. He's out there as well Old Bielder Against uh, The Bows And in the conference Bellincolic uh, Against Wicklow uh, Cook Versus Malone And Sartonians Versus Galwegians All the best of luck To all of those In the finals And to Scotland As we say uh, as British people, huge thank you to Rachel Malcolm, Dr Rachel Malcolm, coming on, and the SRU for allowing that in such a, a pressured week. Huge thank you to you, Sarah Hunter. I just, I just can't get over the curls.
1: <laughs>
0: I can't get over the curls. Uh, thank you to Landy to Tom, and to Bluebell. Uh, good luck at the weekend, Hunter. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. No, any time. Always a pleasure. We'll see you next time. And remember,
1: yeah. you're worth it.
0: <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>